the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I told you that hymn was in the Christmas section of the hymn book. Would you be surprised? There's nothing Christmassy about it. And yes, that's exactly where it is. Why? Because of what I said on Christmas Eve. If you worship the gods of the Greeks or the Romans, if you worship the gods of the Assyrians, the Babylonians, or any of those other gods, you hoped and prayed for one thing that you could go through your entire life without those gods ever noticing you. Because if they noticed you, you were in trouble. As I said on Christmas Eve, if anything went wrong in your life, if your little child was run over by a horse, if your house was burned down, if your crops failed, your assumption was that the gods were angry at you for something you had done. You hoped the gods stayed away from you the entirety of your life. And here comes Jehovah God, and here comes the Old Testament, and here comes the promise of a God, Malachi, who tramples your sins under his feet, casts them into the depths of the sea, Micah seven eighteen. Here you have a God who in the Old Testament is forgiving his people. And here you have a God in the New Testament who loves his people so much that he actually sends his son to pay the penalty. You are not sacrificing for him. God is sacrificing for you, his own son, sacrificed for our sins. That is why that hymn is in the Christmas section of the hymn book. Pondering earlier this week on the last message to be given on a Sunday morning this church year, excuse me, this calendar year, Second Thessalonians 3 is what I want to share with you. Listen carefully. Finally, brothers and sisters, pray for us. That's what Paul writes to the church, pray for us. What is he going to ask for? Pray for my health. Pray that I don't get thrown into prison too early. Pray for what? Finally, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and that the message may be honored by those who hear it, even as it was honored by you, Thessalonians. And pray that we might be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not everyone has faith. God is faithful. He will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. So why not talk about prayer for the last Sunday of this calendar year? Why not talk about prayer? And in specific, praying that the gospel, the reason God leaves us on this earth, that the gospel may be spread rapidly, and that by the Spirit's grace it might be honored by those who hear it. There are weapons out in the world used in war that cause one to be astonished at the feats of modern technology. 
There are weapons that can look at a tank under a bridge from 200 miles away. And a button is pushed and the tank explodes and the bridge is left unharmed. There are weapons out there that are guided by satellites. There are goggles that can see in the deepest part of the night. There are jets that cannot be seen by radar. My nephew, my brother's son, is an exceeding intelligence. One of those who got a 36 on his ACT when he was in high school that particular year, only 10 throughout the country. Goes to the University of Texas, double major, nuclear physics, and some other thing. I don't even know how to talk about it. Gets hired by the government. I'm talking to him one day. I say, James... What are you doing for the government? He said, Uncle, I can't tell you. I said, give me a little tidbit. He said, I'll give you this much. I invent lasers to bring down weapons that the enemy might send. I said, James, how long can you keep doing that? Another five or ten years? He said, I can do it till I retire 40 or 50 years from now. And I said, what? He said, every laser I discover to bring down someone else's bombs, they will find some bomb that will counteract the laser that I've discovered. So if I want to do this for the next 40 or 50 years, I can do that. God protect us. God protect this country. And God protect the world from such weapons. As amazing as those weapons are, particularly in their capacity to do great harm, There is a weapon far greater than anything we have seen in the realm of science or weaponry. It is a weapon that is supernatural in power. It is a weapon that no human being could ever imagine or construct. It is supernatural in power because it is a weapon that has been designed by God and given to us by God for one purpose, to connect us to him. It is a weapon of prayer. It is included prominently in the registry of armor that the Apostle Paul encourages us to use in another letter he wrote to another church, the church at Ephesus, 6th chapter, 18th verse. He lists all of these weapons we're supposed to put on in 2019. Breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith. And when he gets through listing all the armor, there are four or five pieces. He concludes it by saying, there is one piece of armor more important than all. And that piece of armor is mentioned three times in one verse. That armor is prayer. He says, pray continually. He says, pray to God in different ways. And he says, pray to God for different results. Prayer. David knew about it 900 years before The apostle ever wrote about it. David wrote, Call upon me in the day of trouble. Call upon me when Satan brings some trouble. 
Trouble of your own doing, sin has its way with us all. And sin, when it has its way with us, causes great havoc, not only in our lives, but the lives of so many others. Call upon me when Satan brings some trouble, trouble of your own doing, or trouble that comes from the outside, drunk driver hitting your car, you getting cancer because some chemical factory is spewing forth things into the environment. Call upon me in the day of trouble, or the week of trouble, or the month of trouble, as that trouble lingers. Call upon me, and I will deliver you. How do you call upon him, the thing that he has manufactured? The weapon of supernatural power that God himself has manufactured. Call upon me in prayer. When you're in trouble in 2019, pray. When you're not in trouble in 2019, pray. And in all of the days in between, whatever they might be called... Pray. If God has manufactured a weapon, a means whereby you can say, hey God, it's just you and me here, it's just you and me, then we ought to use that weapon daily. I'll give you an irony about prayer. Matthew 7, it says, Ask, and you shall receive from God. We ask in prayer, do we not? It says, Seek, which we do in prayer. Seek his will, and you'll find it, because he'll give it to you. Knock, and the door will be opened. And everyone understands that is referring to prayer. Knocking at his door, and God opens it. The great irony is in Revelation 3.20, it's the opposite. It's God who stands at our door and he knocks. Whoever opens the door, I'll come in to him. Here you have this element of prayer. One portion of Scripture says, it's your way to get to God. Another portion of Scripture says, it's God's way of getting to you. Prayer. Prayer. When you pray, you ought to take off your shoes. Moses takes off his sandals when he sees the burning bush because God said you're standing on holy ground. You ought to take off your shoes whenever you pray because there's holy ground you're standing on. Why do I say that? Because you cannot pray to him unless the Spirit tells you to do it. Look at John 6.44. It says this, No man can come to me. No man can come to me in faith. No man can come to me in prayer. No man can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws that individual. And then when God draws them to me, I will listen to them. I will hear their voice. Isn't that something? When you pray to God, it is not you manufacturing that action. It is God whispering to you, God shouting to you, God tapping you on the shoulder, God reminding you that he's there. When I open my mouth to pray, 
I must realize the first thing that has happened is God has said to me, Paul, pray. And when you and I pray, we're in whose presence? We're in God's presence. We're in God's presence. We're standing, kneeling, lying down. We're in God's presence. Who can't be in God's presence? Satan cannot be in God's presence. God kicked him out of his presence, Jude verse 6. When you and I pray, Satan is removed. He is not there. It's just God and you. There are times where we all have private conversations, correct? There are times when we ask the children to leave the room. Mom and dad have to talk about something. There are times we're talking about, we're talking with some friend and we don't want the other friends to hear it. There are times as a minister, I've said it to you often that I ask family members to please leave while I talk privately with the individual who's sick. We all have times of private conversation. Guess what's happening when you come to God in prayer? It is you and Him. Not your mom and dad. Not your children, not your brothers or sisters, not your friends, not Satan. It's you and God having a conversation. David understood it, 23rd Psalm. God sets a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. God sets a table before me. Here is this thing called prayer. It is God setting a table. It is God opening a door. And saying, let's you and I talk. No one else here. Your problems, your concerns, your fears, your worries, your shames, your guilt. No one else here. Just you and me. Do you see how powerful a win this is? It puts you in God's presence. And you will not do it unless God has said, come to me. There are five things for which one should pray. They are listed in 2 Thessalonians 3, verses 1 through 5. I'm going to cover one of them now, and the other four I will cover in February and March. The first request that Paul makes is this. Pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored. What he's asking for is an effective proclamation of the reality of the presence of God. For the message of the Lord is not just Romans 1.20, I created this earth. If you look at the Bible, there is one part of God that he wants you to know more than any other parts. It's the part that he just didn't create and then leave. God stayed with us. If he makes a proclamation to the Virgin Mary, if the angels make the proclamation to the shepherds, his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. That is the one thing God wants us to remember about the baby Jesus. It means God is with us. If you look at 7,280 promises in the Bible, every one of those promises say one thing. 
God is with his people. That's what mercy is. That's what hope is. That is what forgiveness is. That is what salvation is. That is what fear not is. God is with his people. Pray for the effective proclamation of the reality of the presence of God. It is one thing to believe in him. And 95% of this earth believes in a God. It is entirely different to believe that that God cares about you as if you're the only person on this earth. That he sent his son to die for you. That he wants you to have an abundant life on this earth because you're all wrapped up in him. And he wants you to have everlasting life in heaven because he paid the sacrifice for yours and mine wrongdoing. Effective proclamation of the reality of the presence of God. What do you pray as you enter 2019? You pray that God would use you to proclaim his presence. That he would use you. Sophomore in high school, that he would use you. Student at Sandberg, that he would use you. Student at Milliken, that he would use you. A member of that fraternity or that sorority, that he'd use you. That he'd use you on that commuter train, that he'd use you at your place of work. I don't work there, you do. You don't work here, I do. That he would use you to proclaim God. That he would use churches, the very smallest ones in the country, the very largest ones in the country. We're not in competition with each other. We have one purpose, to proclaim the reality of the presence of God in human lives. Pray that God would use movies, the ones that we've seen here, the Christian movies. God's not dead. The movies that uh, have as a central theme Christ, that has as a central theme the way we ought to treat one another. Pray that he would use movies to proclaim the reality of the presence of God in human lives. Pray that he would use athletes. Nothing better to have a a microphone put in front of the face of someone who is a Christian. Because when an athlete speaks and they're asking them about the ball game and the athlete is saying, I give all praise to God for what he's done in my life, what he enables me to do. When you have an athlete making a comment like that, You have millions and millions of people listening to them. I'm reading an article. wasn't happy that Notre Dame got beat the other day, but I'm reading about the quarterback, the freshman quarterback of Clemson. Is there is there is one thing that drives him above all else? Are you ready? His Christian faith. He's 18 years of age, and the one thing that drives him, and not ashamed to say it. My Christian faith is what drives me. The songs he listens to before a ball game are gospel songs by Hillsong. He's not afraid to say it as an 18-year-old. He stands up for his Lord. 
And can you imagine the millions of kids that idolized him, that want his jersey on their back, that walk like he does, like talk like he does? Proclamation of the presence of God in a human life. Pray that he would use athletes and scholars and scientists and astronomers. Astronomers who say 90% of us believe that there has to be a God who created all that we see and study. Pray that the media and the world of politics, the stars in all realms, the divas, the country western singers who on national television proclaim their faith in Jesus Christ and what he means in their life. They don't just say, I believe in God. They say, I believe in Jesus Christ, what he has enabled me to do and what I hope to do through the recognition of my name, letting his name shine forth. My goodness gracious, the Apostle Paul is writing this 2,000 years ago. Pray for an effective proclamation of the reality of the presence of God in human lives. If you dissect it in the Greek, it says this. May the message of God's presence run fast and run far. As a runner, I like that. Pray that it run fast and that it run far. Forty days after his death and resurrection, Jesus is standing on the hillside ready to go up to heaven. He says to his disciples, go to Jerusalem, stay there until the power from on high comes upon you. Ten days later, Pentecost, the power comes. What happens? Here comes Peter and John. They stand the next day in front of thousands of people, including the scribes and Pharisees and priests who had Jesus murdered. And they are proclaiming Jesus Christ risen from the dead. The message ran fast and it ran far. Within 50 days we have cowards hiding in the upper room, standing in front of those who they were afraid of 50 days earlier. The message ran fast and ran far all the way to the inner sanctum of the Sanhedrin. Nicodemus comes to the faith. 3,000 came to the faith on that day. Pray that it run fast and run far. Jesus said, when the Spirit comes upon you, the message will start in Jerusalem, it will run to Judea, then to Samaria, then it will run to the other ends of the earth. And then he says one other thing. He say, pray the message may be proclaimed and pray that it may be honored. What does that mean, to be honored? It means to be believed. He said, may it be honored by those who hear it, even as it was with you. You heard the message, you Christians in Thessalonica, and you believed it. 3,000 believed on that day. Zacchaeus spends time with Jesus, a couple of hours, comes out of his house, tells all the people listening to the wealthiest man in the city, uh, Jesus, here's what I'm going to do. Half of what I have, give to the poor. The message ran throughout the entire city. What Jesus had done to this man, it was honored. Woman in Sychar as well. 
When she is touched by the Savior, what does she do? She runs fast and far back in the sidecar, knocks on 200 doors, says the Messiah is standing out here by Jacob's well. And the Bible literally says they believed in him, not because of the woman's word, but because of what he himself said to them. The message ran fast and it ran far. And it was honored because it was believed. It's not always believed. But on these occasions it was. Shepherds, Bethlehem, they see the baby Jesus. Where do they go? Back to the sheep? No. Where do they go? Throughout Bethlehem. What are they talking about? They're talking about what the angels have said about this baby. You and I have a task. Hungry people, thirsty people, naked people, sick people, people in prison... Because they don't know the reality, the presence of God in their lives. You do. You know him. You know him. You know him. The girl in the locker room next to you, you wonder why she's lost so much weight, why she looks so haggard. Until someone next to you says, didn't you know this was going on in her life? And you say, no, I didn't know that, but you're a Christian. What do you do? You go to her privately and say, I just found out what's going on. Can I talk with you? And you are not afraid to mention Jesus' name. Why? Because when you went through the same thing two years earlier, there was someone, namely Jesus, and that's what got you through. Your mom said what my mom said. How does anyone get through this without God? I heard that 25 or 30 times this past year, 2018. How does anyone get through this without God? There are people that don't have him. That's why they're hungry and thirsty and naked and in prison. They don't have him. You've got him. Don't you have the courage to share him? Two weeks ago, I was asked by a mom in this parish to go see her son up in Naperville. She said, my son is losing his faith. So I went up to where he was. And I talked with him for quite some time. And he brought up the fact, I've lost my faith in God. I said, why would you say that? He said, because why would he let this suffering go on in my life that he has? And I told him a story, a story he had heard before, but had forgotten a story that I've told you, but not in a long time. I said to him, I had my own questions about God, because I would continually say, God, show me you're real, show me you're real, show me you're real. And I said to him, January 2005, in a parking garage, University of Chicago, he showed me he was real. I said, do you remember? At that time, the young man was only seven or eight. I said, do you remember? Going into the elevator there at the parking lot, University of Chicago, 
heading into the hospital in a car blocking the entrance and me wanting to go up to the driver of the car asking him to please move his vehicle so we can get past. And me saying to Connie, I'm going to look at the license plate in case something happens. And on the license plate, B-E-S-T-L-L, Jonathan's favorite verse ever since he was in fourth grade. I said, I'll tell you what, my asking God for a sign that he was real, that was the sign. And I will never forget it as long as I live. I asked him, you tell me, was that just fate or fortune or good luck that the only license plate in the state of Illinois with that on it was sitting there in front of us the day he has his first treatments for brain cancer? And he said, no, 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 no. (laughs) He said, that was God. I got a text from his mom two days later, and I was deeply moved by it. She said, I think you saved my son's faith, and I think you saved his life. You are a vehicle. Never forget Mrs. Gleagy, 95 years of age, under hospice care for seven years. We always joked about that. Jerry Gleagy's mom. And when she passed, the nurse, as they came up to the room, not knowing she had passed, the nurse comes out and says, she brought me back to my faith. Loretta Gleagy, who had kept saying, why does God leave me here? Why does God leave me here? Why isn't he taking me home? The nurse said, she brought me back to my faith. I was a Catholic. I hadn't been in church in 20 years. But this lady brought me back to my faith. That's our purpose, folks. 2019. The effective proclamation of the reality of the presence of God in a human life. You plant the seed. The Spirit waters. And we pray that that message might be honored, might be believed by those to whom we share it. In our Savior's name, amen. Would you rise as we pray? Heavenly Father, We can't all be in the same place at the same time, but we all can be serving the same purpose at the same time. Can't always be at the same place at the same time, but we can all be serving the same purpose at the same time. And that purpose is to proclaim him. Whether we're an 18-year-old star quarterback with a long history in front of him if his health continues, or whether we're a 95-year-old dear lady at Alden's, our purpose is to proclaim the message of the presence of God in a human life. Emmanuel, God with us, in our Savior's name, amen. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.